by the way, Jen, it's it's Marion Cotillard, not Marion Cotillard. Just so we're, just so we're clear. Cotillard. Cotillard. It's French. Cotillard. Like the French. I see. I see. I yeah, see. Exactly. Okay. Boy, oh boy. Welcome, listeners. Do we have a treat for you today? Today, we're taking it back to when this podcast had real meaning, when the title of the podcast made sense. Today, yeah. we're giving you one Oh, of I forgot about the reviews. title. <laughs> it's a wonderful movie. We also never got our new artwork. <laughs> I will do the artwork on the plane. I'll do the artwork on the plane when I'm traveling. During a red eye, you who falls asleep on the runway, you're going to do. No, I'll do it on the way back, on the way back, on the way back. Okay. Well, today we're giving you a classic review. We are doing a review of The Dark Knight Rises, released Uh 2012, directed by Christopher Nolan, written by Jonathan Nolan, his brother, and Chris Nolan. Story by David Goyer. Um. Jana, we've already done The Dark Knight on this podcast. Yeah. Now we're doing yeah. The Dark Knight Rises. How does it feel to be doing a movie review, first of all? And are you excited about this review? Uh, I'm very excited about this review. I watched the movie again today because I've seen it countless times. I used to watch like these movies once a month, maybe back in college. Yeah. No, it was my Infinity War. Maybe once like every month and a half. This is my version of Infinity Wars throughout college. Okay, okay. that's fair. But the old format, I was like, oh, God, I have to fill things out. It's filling but it's out. okay. It well, then I thought about the the rewatchables. And I was like, you know, they do a format every episode. Our and fucking competitors? <laughs> How dare you mention their name? I actually oh, really like Shout out to the rewatchables. Out. Yeah, I liked filling out the template we have and stuff. I was like, this feels right. It feels like home. Maybe this is just the kick in the crotch that you needed. Yeah. It, for what? For what? what, do you, what I don't know. Uh, to find out what you really wanted to do. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, before we begin, any housekeeping? Maybe once a month we do an episode like this and then three other like three other weeks. Yes. We do whatever the hell we want. First month, first week of every month is something like this. Well, let's not make too many commitments here. Let's uh, we're going <laughs> to sprinkle these in from the sauce. I would like to start with a summary. So this is the third installment in the Nolan franchise of the Batman movies. Uh, We see that Batman is in hiding after being the accused killer of Harvey Dent. Batman, of course, played by Christian Bale. We see that uh, good old Bale comes out of retirement when Bane, played by Tom Hardy, a mysterious Mm -hmm. villain with a mask, uh, comes to haunt Gotham and comes to wreak havoc and eventually blow up this nuclear bomb. Mm -hmm. We have a whole cast of characters. We have Alfred, played by Michael Caine. Gordon, played by Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. Lucius Fox, played by, oh my God. Morgan Freeman. Thank you, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Catwoman, played by Anne Hathaway. And then Blake, a.k.a. Robin, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. What about I uh, ask- Marianne Cotillard? Cotillard. Oh my God, <laughs> we practiced in the beginning of the show, folks. <laughs> I've tried to reverse behavior from years, decades yeah. of my life. Her character. <laughs> yeah, Marion Cotillard plays Miranda, who's the daughter mm-hmm. of Ra's al Ghul. Mm-hmm. question for you because i was watching this movie and i was like oh my god i love this movie first of all we're going to talk so a little good. Bit about whether we love this movie too much <laughs> that's one thing i have a note about this the public reception versus us yes <laughs> <laughs> but i wanted to ask you as a trilogy as a whole mm-hmm. okay is there a more successful trilogy in your opinion let me set this up it's not in terms of critical or box office success but in terms of having three movies that are connected, there's fluidity between the three of them. When you compare it to something like Star Wars, X-Men, Captain America trilogy, The Godfather, the Before series. I don't know if you ever watched the Before mm-hmm. series. The no. Avengers series. I mean, is this the most successful one? Three for three? No. Oh, oh, really? Well, maybe I need to go back and rewatch the first one. But I always remember feeling so like, I, it's hard to remember that the first movie, Batman Begins, is part of this trilogy. Yeah. Because it doesn't feel, it feels separated, but maybe this was just my, you know, take, uh, me taking in what I thought people around me were saying at the time when I watched it. it was a lot younger. I haven't watched mm-hmm. it recently with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. But that's also because I always would rather watch the second and the third. Interesting. You know? But in terms of like a franchise that's really well connected and like that all three of them are so good, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it's the best. I think you have to give Lord of the Rings, the Godfather. Well, Lord of the Rings, the my Godfather, God. The Godfather, the third one, people like really shit on when it came yeah. out. And I have yet to actually watch it. 
But that one, the but, third one is kind of growing in esteem in our current yeah. day and age. It seems to have aged somewhat well. Well, in Star Wars, I feel is like pretty well connected for, you know, when it came out, like, I don't feel like I hear at least the original three. I don't feel like I hear people, anyone go this, these two were like, this one was yeah. terrible, but this one was amazing. And I watched those recently and I enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. The original three, four through yeah. five, uh, four through six. Yeah. I'm sure Indiana Jones is also up for mm-hmm. contention there. Oh, yeah. I will say, though, what's interesting about Batman Begins is I agree with you. It's not my favorite, but you have to remember came out 2005. This was post X-Men pre Iron Man. Mm -hmm. People like I think if you were to talk to the public and critics, they would say that they would take Batman Begins over the Dark Knight Rises. Even though no, but the Dark Knight Rises did pretty well critically. It did. It did. But there's something about I just feel like when I've heard conversations and I just talk to people I know. It's like people, I think maybe I'm too young to remember the reception Mm -hmm. in 2005 or the excitement, but I think, I think they hold the first one in pretty high regard. Uh, Yeah. See, I mean, I was 11. So then you were what, seven or eight. So I just, I, I don't remember. And I, I, maybe I'm basing it off of what I remember my cousin saying at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause you kind of, we took everything they said to like heart and And now, (laughs) well, and (laughs) Now they take everything I say to heart. No, okay. exactly. <laughs> oh boy. My cousins. Um, <laughs> a little. Yeah, I, th- I think I, would ha- I think it's one of those movies that I have to go revisit. I can't. Revisit. I can't speak to it now. It's. I almost wish we did like a whole podcast on the trilogy itself because mm-hmm. it would have kicked me into you know watching it. <laughs> but you yeah. know, also what's a quick side note. You know what I keep picking? What? I watched so many DCEU movies in the past like three <laughs> days. And I was like, why did I, why, why was I not encouraged to do this when we were talking about DCEU? And I had no I idea what I was talking about. <laughs> oh my God. Wait. Okay. Side note. What did you think of Man of Steel upon revisiting it? Oh, I, it's good. It's, uh, it's good. Right? It, it, it tugs at your heartstrings. And I think, you know, that might be something that's kind of missing in some of these Marvel movies where you really oh, yes. feel like um, the family key element is is not there. Sometimes I feel like there's a gravity that's missing in the Marvel movies. And I don't know if that's because mm. they're all filmed in a similar way. They all kind of come across as cookie cutter sometimes. And when there mm. is gravity, it sometimes feels manufactured. I mean, sometimes yeah. it really works. Sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, Man of Steel, that that first hour, I think we can both agree, especially like that first hour, in my opinion, is a is a perfect comic book movie. I know yeah. the entire movie as a whole has faults, but yeah, there's a lot to love about it. Well, even Batman versus Superman, the beginning of Batman versus Superman, not that good, but like the ending yeah. was like that was good. And then Justice League, like the the dream scene at the end. And oh, I know did you this like is it? a hot take to you. And I was listening to some like recap podcast or, you know, reaction podcast. Yeah. And I kind of, I, I, yeah, I feel like this is, might be a hot take, but I really wanted to see Jared Leto's uh, Joker. Oh, my in this movie. And, and like with the, with the justice league. Cause Why? You ha- that dream, have you seen that dream scene recently? Yes, I have. You don't think it was good. He really kind of scared. He scared me a little bit more than Heath Ledger as the Joker. No. Yeah. And I, I think this goes back to whether or not, you know, the D, the the more recent DC Batman films, right? Mm-hmm. They're very comic booky, right? Like mm-hmm. Ben Affleck looks like he might have just walked out of a comic book, not like Batman per se, but he looks like it all feels, you know, what I would imagine seeing a comic book come to life look like. Whereas like the Dark Knight trilogy is very mm-hmm. like grounded to reality. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a Bruce yeah. Wayne could be like my boss. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You I know? mean, there's value to both. I kind of yeah. like the cartoonish aspect of the DC. Yeah. But you also don't beat the cinematography of a Nolan film in a lot of ways, you know, like, no, they're, but they're, that, they're... that dream scene in Justice League was really fucking cool. You liked it. It was you cool. It. You didn't like it. I, I liked it because I want to see that version of Superman. But again, when you're watching it, it feels like when you're watching Black Widow, like, why am I watching something yeah. for a character that's going to die? What the fuck's going on? Like, I'm watching this. and I know that Cavillan and, um, yeah. you know, Ben Affleck are not coming back. And so it, you just get upset. It totally didn't fit in the movie. Like when yeah. it started happening, I was like, is this the end credit scene? Like, cause I think mm-hmm. I was like on my computer and I looked up and this was going on. Yeah. And all of a sudden, and then, and then the end credit scene came later and I was like, oh, we haven't reached the actual end. <laughs> it, it had no real place being there. It was really, really random, but I thought it was just a cool scene. And I, I wanted to see, I wanted to see Jerry Leto's Joker come into mm. play. 
Mm-hmm. I, I will say I want to see Jared Leto play the version of the Joker he thought he was signing up for. Mm-hmm. I don't want to really love Jared Leto. I've made this clear, <laughs> but it's clear that like the iteration, like, you know, the Suicide Squad from 2016, none of those people, none of the actors really like the versions of the characters they saw. Like, I, I want to see if if I want to see the Leto version of the Joker in a good movie, mm-hmm. I guess. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's, it's we'll see where the DCU heads. Listen, the Marvel stuff may only last for so long. Ten years from now, God, God forbid, ten years from now, yeah. five years from now, we could be saying that the DCEU is are the people who are doing it right. Yeah. And Marvel has lost its touch. You never know. But just I know really, really sidetracked here, but mm-hmm. I was doing reading on Justice League after and people were like, now that, you know, we've had Zack Snyder's Justice League come out, will this, you know, push things uh, will this push dc to like get it all get the ball rolling yeah. with the rest of his work um yeah. and it didn't sound like ben affleck and like henry cabell had completely signed off ray fisher mm-hmm. actually who plays cyborg was done mm-hmm. he said he's done he yes. had like problems with um with whedon and he yeah. doesn't want to come back he's mm-hmm. stepped aside but the other mm-hmm. two haven't like fully really i don't think they've outwardly spoken or dissolved anything yeah it's just, it's weird how it's all in limbo. It's so it's weird. weird. It's weird, but it's always in limbo. No matter, mm-hmm. it's just, everything's always in limbo. My God, we're going to be, you know, we're going to get a notice a month before a movie comes out. <laughs> like, guess what? <laughs> These guys are back. They just made a movie. <laughs> okay, so I guess successful trilogy to you, it's mm-hmm. not the Batman series. I would agree it's Lord of the Rings for me, you know, mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. I would also put the before series up there. Okay, that last movie is haunting. Jenna, uh-huh. I watched it recently. Recommend you tune into that series. Maybe uh-huh. it'll give you a good look at marriage before you get married this December. Oh, what? Not a happy look. <laughs> oh, great. What we're all looking for here. Yeah. I also think the Captain America trilogy is the most comparable to the Dark Knight mm-hmm. trilogy in the sense that the first movie, you and I could give or take, but we like mm-hmm. the last two a lot. And we like the evolution of the character a lot. Mm hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So speaking of DCEU, all this stuff, I would like you to give us your unqualified opinion Mm -hmm. with little knowledge about who I want you to rank the Batmans for us. Your options are Affleck, Keaton, Pattinson, even though we have no information and bail, you have to make a prediction on Pattinson. Oh man, I'd be happy to. Okay. I feel like Pattinson, he might either like overact, like be a Jerry Leto for you. Okay. Or I think he could top it. <gasps> I feel like he might top it. But then, and, you know, watching this, I'm conflicted because I really loved Christian Bale, like, growing up. Like, this mm-hmm. made him my, my, he's at the top of my list, right? We all top have that. List. Every list. Um, but then I was thinking back, you know, like, Affleck, when you just look at him, it, it really, like I said, it's very comic booky. So I think it just comes down to taste, and I can't decide which one I mm-hmm. like better. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think, I think Christian Bale is more human you know, where Affleck, it's, it's clear, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a fictional comic book character. Michael Keaton, I, I watched them once. Oh, you didn't bring George Clooney. George Clooney played up. Uh, I didn't bring up Clooney. You know, I thought we could forget it. <laughs> but probably Clooney last Michael Keaton. I don't remember too much of him. So after, yeah. so it's a tie between it's a tie. Bale and Ben Affleck. I was going to say for me, I really like all these actors so much. I don't even know if I want to rank them. I really, really like them. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> I asked the question. <laughs> she always does this. She goes, if you could be a sandwich, what kind of sandwich would you be? And you tell yeah. her. And she goes, I ask her, what about you? And she goes, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Why. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. To be fair, that's not a question I've ever asked, but I have asked similar questions. It Anyways, could be one that you'll ask. It could be. Okay. Oh, God, I'm so I'm so debating what I want to ask you next. I guess we'll start with something like this. So Keith Ledger, obviously, mm-hmm. remarkable performance in The Joker. We, you and I have talked about it many times on this podcast. Mm-hmm. When you watch this movie, there was a rumor that Heath Ledger, had he lived, would be a part of this third film. So when you watch this movie, do you feel that he's missing? Is the Joker kind of lingering as a shadow on this movie, especially given that we get Killian Murphy, we get to see Ra's al Ghul, yeah. we get all our all our characters back except the Joker? No. Um, okay. A couple of things, because I feel like it, it, it took quite a few years for this to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I had read that Nolan wasn't even sure if he wanted to come back after mm-hmm. um, the, you know, after Heath Ledger passed. Um, and it, it was confirmed his sister, Heath Ledger's sister was one who said, and that, that's a trivia fact for later, mm-hmm. but I'll tell it now. She, she had said that he was planning, he would have planned to come back mm-hmm. in the film. Um, 
so it, it's it was far removed and and um chris nolan was you know really debating whether or not he wanted to do it he even thought about cgiing some scenes together of heath ledger but didn't want to you know he decided oh, at the end of the day he didn't want to disrespect the memory of him and so yeah. he was really working on a story that felt it was an emotional story that he was invested in telling and mm-hmm. um he was finally able to come up with one that didn't really need the joker I don't think he was needed. I don't think it felt like he was missing. We had three very separate villains in each movie. Yeah. I will say, given the tragedy that occurred with Heath's passing, this mm-hmm. movie feels remarkably separate. Yeah. Like you really, it's amazing how well it works, given kind of the tragedy it was clouded with prior to its release. It's, yeah, it's pretty surprising. I mean, I, you look at it though and you wonder, A, could it be that it works so well because we have Tom Hardy as Bane, which I'm sure we'll talk mm-hmm. more about his performance. Does it work so well just because like you said, time has passed. Is it due to Nolan as a filmmaker? I mean, there's a lot of elements to it, but it, it feels remarkably put together. It feels like the story he would have told whether or not Heath had died. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it was something, you know, that it took a, that was meant to be separated. Right. Yes. It still felt fluid for me. Gosh. All right. Well, I kind of want to ask, let's get into our notable scenes in a second, but I want to ask you two questions first. Mm -hmm. One, let's talk about the casting a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. You have Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Anne Hathaway, who arguably in 2012 were hot commodities. They were at the top of their game. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting to see where they kind of ended up now. I don't think they're two actors who are at the top of anyone's list. Like Anne Hathaway, I think has more capital than Joseph Gordon-Levitt does in this industry, but are they having the careers you thought they would have? And if they're not, does it make rewatching the movie interesting? Like, that's one thing I noticed in my rewatch this time, though I've seen the movie so many times. I was like, huh, these, these are both actors who are not around as much as I thought they would be. And Tom Hardy, who was probably the biggest newcomer, is around a lot more than I thought he would be, you know? Well, JGL, I feel like it was more like a chosen thing. Hmm. And is it ever chosen? Behind- No, but I think he's kind of behind the scenes now. He's more producing and directing where he can. Mm. So I feel like that was more intentional. And he has a very private like life. Like he has a a wife and a child. He doesn't really talk about. Yeah. And wasn't he just in something too? He just had an Apple TV show come out, but that's the first thing in a while. Yeah. So I I feel like, I feel like that was kind of intentional. Um, which I, you know, I look at like Jennifer Lawrence the same way. I don't know, is mm-hmm. she not getting roles? But I always also kind of took it, maybe her break, it seems, you know, that she's been having is a little bit intentional. Like stars like yeah. that, I look as it's more their choice. And Hathaway, it's just a weird thing where I remember we all kind of liked her for a really hot minute, like really liked her. And then she fell from great grace really quickly by not even really doing anything. People just started hating on her. I already, I think it was like, when she won her Oscar, they found her annoying. And the dress that yeah. she wore was like a horrible choice. But it was because like there was another actress at the Oscars that year who was going to be wearing a very similar design. So she made it mm-hmm. like a switch last minute. And then it all mm-hmm. just tumbled from there. Wow. You know a lot about Anne Hathaway's uh, <laughs> life. In no, well, I remember like because I remember <laughs> that dress. It was like this pink dress with like very pointed like edges at the chest yeah. and people were just not it, it was not a good dress yes I don't know though she's so interesting like there was a moment where I thought she was I, she just I thought she would be a lot more I thought she was gonna stick around for a while it's not like she's disappeared she's making movies mm-hmm. but there was a moment where she was like a prestige actress mm-hmm. and she was someone you'd want in your movies and I just feel like but like you're saying the public perception has changed even though people yeah. don't hate her anymore I yeah. feel thankfully that's reversed She's just kind of like, like if she's there, she's there. If she's not, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Yeah. It's interesting. But I mean, you could say, well, no, Christian Bale, his most recent movie would be the one where he hailed Satan. Um, Vice. I'm blanking on the name Vice. So, Mm -hmm. and that was done a couple of years ago. We also have to remember, like, it's been two years since COVID has happened. So, like, a lot of stuff has, like, not come out maybe there were yeah. things in the works that just haven't happened yet yeah Anne Hathaway also had like a kid or two mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's could true feel. and I think maybe she was even doing Broadway at one point oh god forbid <laughs> so she's just off her radar you know but maybe maybe oh, her Broadway. career is struggling it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. well Christian Bale is thriving I mean he's gonna be the yeah. horror movie you just had Vice I mean the guy oh, gets yeah. nominated for an Oscar every couple of years we're not worried We're not worried about Christian. 
or let's talk about Tom Hardy. For me, mm-hmm. everybody knows, everybody knows 2010, 2011, these two movies come out, Inception mm-hmm. and Warrior. I saw there both of these movies, which Tom Hardy is in. I said saw this it as a, a woman was born. She was born. I came to life in a way I never had before. <laughs> wow. That was your sexual awakening. No, no, no. My, <laughs> if I had, no, that was probably like we, I, Antonio Banderas and Zorro. Oh, that's true. Oh, I always had a thing for him. That movie. Oh my right. god. Oh man. Oh, that's film. for another podcast. The next review that we is, do is for Zorro. We'll be on Zorro. Oh, <laughs> wow, amazing. But Tom Hardy comes in 2012. People are like, "This guy is going to be the follow-up to Heath Ledger. Who is this guy? He's a schmuck. Mm-hmm. He knocks out of the park." Now, yeah. probably a lot of people would agree. Like a lot of 30-year-old white men who consider themselves cinephiles will tell you. He's one of the best actors in Hollywood, talent-wise. Do you feel the same passion as these white men? I'm laughing because anytime you ask Ahmed who his favorite actor is, he says Tom Hardy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but he means it. He's different. Ahmed is just his fiance. Yeah. He's earnest. He's genuine. Yes, exactly. And he's one of my favorite actors, too. But there was, you know, there's a moment. You know, it's like when everybody tells you this happened with Jake Gyllenhaal, too. This Mm. guy's a fucking good actor. I just look at them and I go, enough. And Leo. And it makes me want to move away from them. Yeah. Anyways, how do you feel about the casting of Tom Hardy? How do you feel about? Oh, I love success it. In the I world? love it. He's huge. He's scary. It was a an interesting. I think it was the right follow up to Heath. Like we had like the a mental emotional damage mm-hmm. from the Joker. Yeah. Right. He wasn't physically like scary. He was mentally scarring. Mm-hmm. And and so now it was a completely different twist with Bane. And and, and I I'm okay with it. It doesn't yeah. always need to be like a, a mentally abusive criminal. <laughs> oh, I agree. I agree. The the physical yeah. terror is great. Mm-hmm. I think we're equally as scared of Bane. Yeah. If you were of the Joker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like he was he was the he was a um a worthy opponent of Batman. For sure. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's amazing that Nolan had the foresight to having worked with him on Inception, mm-hmm. a role that's like very James Bond esque to say, you know what? Come to my movie. We're going to put on a mask. For I'm going to tap you. We're going to give you a fur vest and a mask <laughs> and we're going to make you a villain. It's like you have to give Nolan credit for knowing yeah. that that was going to work. Yeah. Tom Hardy, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. Love to see him be the new Bond. I think that's a role he would succeed in. Well, OK, and... she's not confirming the rumor. She's just talking no. about speculation. <laughs> Yeah, if anyone's going to confirm the rumor, it's never going to be me. Just so we're all on the same page. Uh-huh. So sorry. All right. Before we get into our notable scenes, one question for you, Jenna, one question. And I have more questions to follow up at the end of the podcast, of course. But is this plot too convoluted or is it just right? Now, the critics of this movie will say, what yeah. the fuck's happening here? You got this guy with the fur vest comes in. He has a nuclear bomb. Batman's in a prison for half the movie. He comes out of the prison from God knows where he ends up back in Gotham. You know, there's frozen ice that people are falling into and dying in. Oh, my God. Marion Cotillard ends up being a villain. There's a lot of issues. So this goes up to a point I wanted to bring up, right? The public Mm -hmm. reception versus us. Um, Yes. I was looking through a Screen Rant article um, because this came out in 2012. I don't remember what people were saying in 2012. 2012. I only remember my feeling and I left loving it. We loved it. You and I, it was such a great day when we saw it, but people were dissatisfied. Yeah. With what you were saying, that it was an overwhelming story. The, he, he suddenly appeared from the jail, like in in Gotham and, and the nuclear bomb, but I never questioned any of it. And I feel like it made sense to me. You know, it's Bruce Wayne. Like he's been through a lot worse than like finding his way back from Middle Eastern jail. <laughs> okay. Oh, is it in the Middle East? This is what we're assuming. I thought this it was maybe, the, you know, Eastern European. The, oh, well, this is what the article said. Okay. Specifically. Of course it's the Middle East. Um, I don't know. But like just little things like that. Like, yeah, like it makes sense. Like that Marion, like her friend was like, I, I like the way that that story unfolded in the end, that Bane was me her friend too. and he helped her escape from the prison. And then they like, it all made sense to me. I was not confused yeah. one bit. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't feel like there were a lot of plot holes that like people were claiming. And I I don't get it. Were uh, we, are we stupid? Like, I don't know, were we wrong? Plot holes. The, the city is basically, Gotham is under what you could say, quarantine. No one yeah. in, no one out for months. And this yeah. guy walks out of a Middle Eastern prison, 
no ID, no money, no nothing. And he ends up in a city that no one can get into or out of. A little bit questionable, but we're not but here it's to Bruce say. Wayne. But it's Bruce it's, Wayne. The whole story is yeah. ridiculous. Get on board yeah. and get out of town. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. And I think when people say, like, there are elements of the Dark Knight that are ridiculous as hell, mm-hmm. you know? And what planet would this would this uh, Joker be running around so long? Batman, if Batman was a real hero, he would have killed him on the spot. We wouldn't have the Dark Knight, right? Like, there's yeah. each each comic book movie for the love of God has plot holes. All right. I mean, look at Avengers Infinity War. You you can snap your fingers and kill half the population. No. OK, that, that makes sense. That's, let's talk about that Endgame, makes sense. Okay? <laughs> Endgame <laughs> doesn't make sense. sense. You know what? Well, you know, what's a plot hole for me? One thing that scene I watch and I never understand, you know, yeah. when Gordon is shot and he's in the hospital, right? Recovering yes. from his injury. All of a sudden he gets up, he kills two men and he's oh, walking yes. on his feet after that. <laughs> And he survives and he's leading the city for like five months. Like, you know, like yeah. the, the underground fighters, whatever. Yes. I, that I don't get. If yeah. Gordon was fine, he wouldn't have limped out of bed and shot. Like, you know, and we see him like struggling to like save himself when there are two uh-huh. people coming to kill him. They would have discharged him and he would have been walking around just fine. That I don't understand. I think Gotham is a place where its citizens have super healing powers because Batman, after breaking his back, would not need just like a month of quote unquote physical therapy a few push-ups here well it was allegedly five months it was five months okay and that's not even enough time because these are not real doctors whatever whatever's going on in this prison right i mean he's having dreams about liam neeson for god's sake something's going on here all right they're the the healing capabilities of these citizens are questionable questionable Mm. at best Mm. so then maybe they would have survived a nuclear bomb exactly Yeah, the nuclear bomb thing. I don't even know if he dropped the bomb far enough to be out of the radius. I mean, there, there's mm-hmm. a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. But alas, who are we to feel anything but joy for this movie? No, anything but I respect? loved it. I loved it. This was my Infinity Wars moment. Wow. I, I was will never say, let down I again think... afterwards, you know? It's never, oh. it was never <laughs> endgame. It was never Infinity Wars on a high and then Endgame on a low. <laughs> Every fucking podcast. I will say I like the connectivity between the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises a lot more than the the transition from Infinity War to Endgame. Like mm-hmm. these those two movies feel like they go together. Yeah. Know? Well, Jen, we've arrived at our notable scenes category. Uh-huh. Okay. Should I begin? Should I go through all my scenes for you? No, kick it off from the beginning and I'll okay. join in. All right. So my first notable scene, I like the stock market hostage situation we have because the return Mm -hmm. of the bat plays very well. It works so well. Like there's literally a scene where, you know, Bale appears in slow motion and he's got the cape and everything's flowing. And the iconography never fails to get you as many iterations of that we've seen of this character. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And like the rookie cop, somewhat rookie cop with like the older cop who's like, oh, my God, you're going to see something special tonight, son, when they realize like Batman is out. Oh, the cheesiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like, like I mean, that. but that's cute, though. Like oh, they know cute. who they're dealing with. It, it was a nice sentiment <laughs> for a man who's been in hiding for eight years. That's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At this point, it's been eight years. By the way, Bale doesn't look eight years older. I mean, again, there's a lot to question about about these characters, but. Yeah, but you put you take a picture of dad and place it next to him eight years ago. Does dad look super, super much older? You're true. You're right. You're right. I'm but right. Dad, dad looks younger for his age. Maybe Christian Bale does, too. All right. But OK, I'm going to take it a step back a little bit. And mm-hmm. this is kind of a question of mine, too. But I still like the scene. I don't know if Anne Hathaway and Christian Bale have chemistry. But I like seeing them interact in that scene where she's pretending to be, um, you know, working this event. Yes. And then she goes and she steals from him. She knocks him over in his cane. And like, that's kind of where we see like, you know, it's the entryway of Catwoman. I kind of enjoy that. But do they have chemistry? I don't know. I don't know. Well, this brings up our Christian Bale question. In my opinion, I've only really seen one actress whose chemistry pops with him on the screen. In the Dark Knight Knight trilogy, right? You had, um, my God, married to Tom Cruise. What was her name? Oh, Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes, you have Maggie Gyllenhaal, you have mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway, you have Marion Cotillard. I mm-hmm. think it's zero out of four. I don't think the chemistry is flying off. I the think Maggie. Either. I thought Maggie had chemistry with them. Yeah, they they had a nice like dynamic on screen, but it's mm-hmm. not like flying off the walls. Mm. You know, Leo and you don't Kate think Marion had chemistry either. They had they had chemistry. I don't. 
I don't know. It's like I like I just don't see him falling in love with any of these women, really. I, I was convinced that Bruce loved Rachel. Well, but the character's so straight edged. It's like hard to tell what he actually thinks about anyone besides Alfred, to be honest. With you. <laughs> <laughs> we know he loves Alfred. <laughs> oh, who does it? Yeah. I will say a movie called Out of the Furnace came out 2013. I've said it before. I'll say it again. In my opinion, best Bale performance to date on screen. Him and Zoe Saldana have amazing chemistry in that movie. Oh, that's spicy. That's that's I didn't I didn't expect that. It was good. It was good. All right. Second scene for you. Bane blows up the football field mainly because. Oh, wow. You jumped way ahead. Yeah, I'm way ahead. I'm way ahead. Yeah. Light years ahead. That's what, that's what, that's what they call me. Um, <laughs> yeah. He blows up the football field. It's cool to know that it was filmed using a real football player and that mm-hmm. run needed to be done exactly right. They had one shot and just, you know, you don't, you have to love the set pieces you get in a Nolan film. He, yeah. nobody does it like he does from the spinning walls in inception to like the vault, the bank scene in the opening of the dark night to the football scene here. It's mm-hmm. like, he has so many good moments. I am going to jump back a little bit again. All right. I, I do kind of like the scene. Like, I just think it's kind of funny when um, this is when Gordon is in the hospital and Bruce Wayne is making his way back into society and he goes to the doctor to see if he could go paratrooping. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. And the doctor was like, you have no cartilage in your knees. I don't recommend this. And then we see Bruce jump out of a window to like sneak in and talk to like Gordon as a, um, you know, he was masked. He wasn't dressed as Batman, but he just had a mask over his face. Yeah. I, I like that. I thought that was that was a little that was charming. Yeah. A little How humor, does, you know, it's a little different from the Marvel humor that we're used to. It's true. How does Gordon not know that he's dealing with Bruce Wayne? Because yeah. the guy's wearing a nice suit and the mask is poor. I don't know. Well, Gordon know. was shot and laying in a hospital. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right. My third scene. Batman leaves the prison. Mm-hmm. He leaves the cave as everyone's yelling rise. Oh my God. The scene, the score is beautiful. Ugh. Everyone chanting is gorgeous. It's seriously one of the most. And then you have the bats flying out of the wall, mm-hmm. like enough. I don't want to hear it. it. That, that scene alone, in my opinion, makes this movie great. It is a good scene. Yeah. It's, it's, you're holding your breath the entire time. Even the first time he tries to jump, you think he's actually going to make it. And then you just see like the rope catch him and he falls. Oh, you're talking about that scene. I'm talking about when he actually successfully no, leaves l- l- when he successfully oh, yes. does. But I'm saying even like the first scene, the first version yeah. of it was great. Yeah, I know. But you keep jumping ahead. I should have just kept going because I just oh. <laughs> the I just remembered the scene with, um, you know, when uh, I forgot his name. Uh, we find out his name is Robin. What was his name in the movie? Blake. Officer Blake. Blake. We find out when Blake comes up to uh, he comes to Bruce's house and he reveals that he knows who Batman is, which this might be a plot hole, too. But I it was yeah. also kind of like. <laughs> I, I still enjoyed seeing it and I, I didn't see it coming that Blake, his real name is Robin. And that was like, mm. they're kind of like, this is his sidekick, which I, I just, I love that too. I agree. I didn't see it coming either, which makes me wonder mm-hmm. if we just weren't savvy movie watchers then. Cause now I feel like we would see it a mile away. I don't think I would have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will figure out the most random things. I will look at you at a movie and I go, this is what's going to happen. And you go, shut yeah. up. And then it happens. But like, I, I know I have no- you spoil everything and it's always <laughs> like things that i would have not seen coming if you're the worst movie partner the worst movie partner anyways i have two more scenes for you but they're towards mm-hmm. the very end so is there anything else in the middle here you want to let's see you did the basketball uh, the football scene oh well you might be skipping ahead to this when he dies and his blues oh the officer the officer what was his name foley captain foley foley I thought that was very sad. You know, where Gordon goes, he's like, you know, you, you're not going to fight with us. Like, I'm not asking you to get dressed in your blues and like come walking mm-hmm. down the street, like, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and fight this fight. Um, and then yeah. he sees the bat symbol and that's kind of what pushes him to go do it. And then we see mm-hmm. him dead later on the floor. Yeah. That yeah. death and the death of Dr. Pavel on the football field. Mm. Those were both like, oh my God. Yeah. When Dr. Pavel dies and he cracks the neck, I was like, wow, we are in, we're not in Kansas anymore. I also like the scene where Scarecrow comes back and he yes. is um, leading the, you know, the trials. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just that so gets... funny. It's just so ridiculous. When did he get his legal degree? I would like to know. Not <laughs> doesn't matter, I suppose. This um, is merely a sentencing hearing. We're not here a uh, hearing. We're not here to judge you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's basically what it tells people. 
<laughs> That's funny. All right. My second to last scene. I like the scene where we learn how Tom Hardy and Marion Cotillard are connected simply from the editing where you mm-hmm. see the young child climbing out of the cage. Beautiful we also get child. to see Tom's actual face for a 10 second blip. And it just reminds you that it's beautiful. You it's know? a nice face. And face. we should have gotten more of it. Yeah. Should have gotten more of it. I like that they made the child kind of look, they made the child like look similar to Tom Hardy, right? Like it could have been Tom yes. Hardy growing up or it could have been Marion. And like that, it fit with the twist. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Joey King, I believe, plays a child. Oh, and she like, right. I remember yeah, an interview yeah. where she talked about like shaving her head for it. She was so excited. Wow. Last scene for me, just the concluding montage overall. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the Batman statue. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is, discovers the bat cage. And there's, is yeah. there anything better than our beloved Gary Oldman reading from A Tale of Two Cities? Like seriously, that last Ugh. four minute block, I, yeah. I, it's, I could watch it 10 times a day. Like I'll, I'll pull it up just on YouTube. If I want to feel mm-hmm. and we see Alfred, you know, looking over at a restaurant yes. and he sees he sees Bruce there. Oh, God. Another the another fun of an how, did, how did Bruce <laughs> arrange that? <How> did, <laughs> but still, it's a nice moment. And we see that he's with uh, Selena with Selena, which you don't seem to love. I just don't think they have chemistry. No, I liked her a uh, hot take. I liked her as Catwoman. I actually don't uh, honestly, because yeah. I'm not a big Hathaway fan. I think it's one of her better performances. Like mm-hmm. she's not going too overboard in the role, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it could have been a little bit more cartoonish in the wrong hands or if she like it could have even been cartoonish if she had made a few different decisions. But I, I like where yeah. we ended up with Catwoman. But yeah, that last montage, it's got to be one of the best endings. Despite how you feel about a movie in terms of comic book movies, movie movies in general, talked about it before nolan is an expert at the bookmarks the beginning and the ends you can always you'll you'll know for at least you'll get like 10 solid minutes in a movie that beginning yeah. and that ending who are your mvps i put down batman batman bane catwoman yeah. alfred oh wow okay yeah all right i put down- i mean i like them all i don't really have any lvps i'll be honest oh okay i have a few don't worry oh <laughs> All right. MVPs for me, Gordon. I love Gary Oldman. I like him almost as much as Sirius Black in this. Movie. Wow. It, I know. It's like the, he's playing, you know, it's like they're played by the same actor. Yeah. But, you know, Gary Oldman's had two iconic roles in the past decade. Yeah. For sure. You got to be in the Harry Potter movies and the Batman movies. Mm-hmm. I give it to Bale as Batman. You know, I think he did a good job, even though we've talked about before how he's not necessarily like the beating heart of these movies. Weirdly, yeah. he's probably the most replaceable character. It's difficult to beat Christian Bale as an actor. Like, yeah. it wouldn't, would the movies change that much if he had another actor playing Batman? With probably who? not. Matt Damon? Oh, wow. Matt, really? <laughs> I feel like Matt Damon's like kind of the only one I could see subbing in who would pull off that relatable. I think everyone else, it would be a very different movie. It would be kind of what we've seen with DCEU or like what we've seen in the past, you know, where it's a little more, it's very clear that it's a comic book movie where this is just a different story. Okay. I believe Matt Damon might've been up for Harvey Two-Face in the second. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. He really kind of looks like um, Aaron Eckhart too. Yeah. they, They have similarities. I feel like you could, you know, similar sticks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tom Hardy is an MVP as well, because this was the start of the Tom Hardy renaissance. Liam Neeson shows up for 30 seconds and reminds me, I love Liam Neeson. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go watch probably the 15th thriller he made about someone's wife or daughter dying, and I'm going to do it happily. (laughs) And then uh, Ben fucking Mendelsohn, who's on the board of Wayne Enterprises, um, is a snooty little douchebag Jenna you don't do you know Ben Mendelsohn I know him from this movie I don't yeah. know if I would know him from anywhere else amazing talent like I'm not even joking I've seen one of his tv shows seen a few of his movies like seriously hands down one of the best actors working today and this was mm. before like he had some street cred I feel so it's exciting well like you said Nolan must have seen it yep give me your LVPs I don't, I wrote down, I don't really have any. And if I did, I would, if you were going to force me, I would say Marion Cotillard's, uh, Cotillard's uh, character. All right. Is it the actor? Is it the character? I don't feel like you like her very much. She's fine. No, nothing held against her. But you don't love her. I don't think I'm as obsessed as you are. I liked her a lot in Inception. Midnight in Paris. I'm just trying Midnight to Midnight in Paris. Yeah. yeah. God, I know you well. <laughs> 
really know you so well. She's like, these are the only two movies that I've seen by her. Yeah. She tried to get me to watch the movie where she gets like in an accident in the water. Yeah. She can't walk. And I made it. Oh, maybe Rust like and a Bone? Third, a, a third of the way through. That that movie, Rust and Bone. Okay. Yeah. It's you like, love that movie. That movie is, you're either going to love it or you hate it. But that performance, I'd never seen anything like it in my life. Right. Said that a lot on this podcast. Apparently there's a lot of things I've never seen in my life before. Okay. My LVPs, the guy from the opening sequence who's like, why do they call you Bane? Why do you wear the mask? He dies in seconds. Oh, yeah. Get out of the plane. Get out of the plane. Like he should have had like a bigger role. Like he just seemed like a famous actor when you looked at him. We've definitely seen him from something. I couldn't. He's not the, um, he's not the Broadway producer from the nanny, is he? No. (laughs) the connections you make in your mind <laughs> no he's not from the nanny <laughs> can you not see it no i can't actually i can't continue on dr pavel because this guy created literally if you want to talk about the villain of the movie created this fucking bomb that there was apparently no need for and no one wanted and it could only have wrecked havoc yeah and hathaway just because again i don't love her i'm sorry and marion cotillard even though she is my queen but i just i don't love the character that much mm. in the movie and it's, it has yeah. nothing to do with her it's the character so i'm sorry i understand all right should i give you the critical reception yes okay way. so here we go ron tomatoes 87 percent critic review out of 372 reviews 90 percent audience score okay negative review is the fall actually let me give you the critics consensus consensus first the critic consensus is the dark knight rises and it is an ambitious thoughtful impotent action film that concludes christopher nolan's franchise in spectacular mm-hmm. fashion two positive reviews are as follows one by kenneth turan from los, Ange- los angeles times he says a disturbing experience we live through as much as a film we watch this dazzling conclusion to director christopher nolan's batman trilogy is more than an exceptional superhero movie. It is a masterful filmmaking by any standard. Wow. Pretty high praise. The LA Times. I know. Uh, Second review is by Philippa Hawker from The Age. She says, it doesn't quite have the emotional intensity of the second movie, The Dark Knight, but it's a powerful, intricately constructed work, thoughtful, visceral, and satisfying. If anything, you could say this is a good action movie, right? Yeah. It was exciting to watch. You know what, though, in a lot of ways, like the second movie has so much going for it, and I think intense is an accurate word, but I wouldn't use emotional intensity to describe it. I would use emotional intensity for this one, actually. The, the second the movie feels rises. like a ticking yeah. time bomb where yeah. you're like constantly on the edge of your seat. I wouldn't say that there's a lot of maybe that is emotion, but I think there's more emotional intensity we're seeing from Bruce, actually, in the way he's kind of suffered. Yes, I will suffering. say because probably I mean, the best yeah, like, bail he lost, iteration he lost rachel and like the joker was like a lot and the joker <laughs> you know joker was like i That's you sweet. don't you don't kill people so you're not going to kill me but i'm going to show you that humanity is going to kill each other but like yeah it didn't take a toll on bruce because he still trusted humanity but it's here true. he's kind of like this beaten down shattered man yeah I mean, the second movie has a lot of emotional stakes in that final scene with Harvey and Gordon yeah. and his son and everything. But I, I mm-hmm. don't know. I, I would say that both feel equally as weighty. Yeah. All right. A negative review for you by Tom Charity of CNN. He says, others will see it differently. But for me, this is a disappointingly clunky and bombastic conclusion to a superior series. Nolan's biggest and worst movie to date. Wow. <laughs> is that a worst movie? Well, I mean, Nolan's had some really good films. No, Interstellar's worse. I don't want to hear it. All right, Interstellar. Oh, I is love worse. Interstellar. Interstellar has like five scenes that are incredible and breathtaking, and a great Jessica Chastain performance. But it's worse. Uh-huh. I just don't want to hear it. I guess I mean, if you have well, something to say, I'd like to hear it. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you have any trivia you want to give to us before we wrap oh, up? Oh yes. Okay. So you've kind of mentioned my first one. Um, several members of the uh, the Steelers made cameo mm-hmm. appearances on the football field uh, um, in the film. Well, you know, when they, it was for the Gotham, a uh, Gotham rogues team. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ben Roth, uh, or Heinz Ward, <laughs> you know, they're, they're football players <laughs> and they were there. They were there. So that was kind of, cool. um, 
Um, another one that I've mentioned before was that, you know, Heath Ledger planned on returning as a Joker before his death in 2008. Um, his sister, Kate, confirmed that, you know, to um, a, a new site in, um, in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 2017, she confirmed it. So okay. it took quite a while, but she had mentioned that. Another one that I thought was interesting was that there were so many women up to play um, Selena Kyle, Angelina Jolie, <gasps> Natalie Portman, Jessica oh. Biel, Charlie Theron, Emily Blunt, Vera Farmiga, Gemma Arterton, yeah. Abby Cornish, Eva Green, Kate Mara, Ooh. Blake Lively, Charlotte Riley, Olivia Wilde, Lady Gaga, and Keira Knightley all audition. Lady Gaga? Well, I guess she's been trying to get into acting for a while. I mean, it could have been cool. I don't I mean, it could have been cool seeing her performance, right? And of that um, the star list, is born. Of that list, I'd be pro Emily Blunt, Charlize Theron, or Eva Green, but that's it. Maybe I I don't want to age shame anyone, but I, I wanted to see Angelina Jolie, but I don't know if she was too if she was, was she No, she was in her for 30s the role that she was in her 30s. Okay. Right, because I think she's in her 40s now. Maybe just because she has so many children, I think like a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah, a lot of kids. <laughs> Got a question. Um, do the kids come so, to set? Do the kids have roles? <laughs> What's the role of the children? But so after the initial audition process, it was Green, you know, Eva Green, Jessica Biel, and uh, Kira Knightley. They all screened, uh, screen tested. Yeah. But the role ended up going to Anne Hathaway. Wow. Eva, Eva Green, I could see after Casino Royale. I could really see mm-hmm. how she would have fit into that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How would a lot of these names. Lively? I feel like a lot of these names, I could see it happening. Really? I, I could I mean, maybe watch any of them. Happen. Yeah. It just have to happen. I could have seen Jessica Chastain. I could have seen. Oh, that's a good one. You know, if Scarlett Johansson wasn't Black Widow, I could have seen a Scarlett Johansson because she had chemistry yeah. actually with Bale, I will say, in The Prestige. Um, and she'd worked with Nolan yeah. before. So that, that could have been a possibility. Um, I don't know. How, what would, what did you think? What would you think about Blake Lively? Well, she did the Green Lantern, right? After that yeah. fiasco. But I still feel like I could have seen it. I think yeah, maybe I because she's so it. tall and, you know, supermodel looking like, mm-hmm. like, and she, you know, Anne Hathaway, her body, her, she just looked incredibly fit and amazing yeah. in that cat suit. And I think I could have seen Blake Lively in that too, physically. Mm-hmm. Um, acting wise, I don't know. After her I, performance in the town, you would doubt her acting? <laughs> oh, that's right. No, I'm not <laughs> doubting her acting. I'm doubting her, the role, the chemistry with Bale. I have no yes. idea. Yeah, I will say Anne Hathaway. I like the aesthetic of Catwoman, the dark hair, the dark yeah. eyes, the red lips like the the it fits very well into Nolan's palette. Warner Brothers pitched the idea of casting Leo <gasps> as the Riddler. What? No, Yeah, but then so but then but these would have been characters we've seen already, right? Yeah, no, um, I like Bane. I'm glad we got Bane. Yeah. I also Leo, God, God bless him. And God knows I love him, but I don't want to see an overact. No, but I, I, I don't know. I'd be interested in seeing him play villain. I guess, but that would be in his eyes. If that didn't go well, he would never recover from it. I'm telling you mm-hmm. right now, people would never forget it. I mean, people can barely forget that he was, you know, in Titanic. That's true. And my last one is that Ryan Gosling and Mark Ruffalo were considered to play John Blake. Oh, but Ruffalo, I feel like they think- made the... I think they it's made the right old. choice. Yeah. yeah. Ruffalo was like five years too old at the time, I feel. Well, I could have seen that. Just, JGL just looks so young. He looks like a rookie, yeah. right? Yeah. I could have seen Gyllenhaal no. as. Really? He doesn't He he doesn't look like a rookie. He's not innocent looking enough. Oh, really? I think like JGL, like for this purpose of this movie, this story, he has to like have that rookie. Yeah. Innocence but this, about is, him. this is an interesting casting, uh, recasting couch. What? What? What would we do for for Blake? I don't know. I don't know. 2012, who's very popular at this time? Mainly the people in this movie. <laughs> Maybe Chris Evans, had he not been Captain America, I could have seen that. Tom like Hiddleston? Boyish Charm. Tom, no. No? Too tall? Just not right. <laughs> just, I don't want to see Tom Middleton with like a New York accent. I just, I don't want to see it. Oh. Who else? Who else could we have done? You know, if Ethan Hawke was like five years younger at the time, oh, I really could have seen Ethan Hawke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's played a cop before. He has in Training Day. Training Day. Why? You've seen Training Day? Look at you. <laughs> I haven't made you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, Jen. And it was such a shocker. I thought like, you know, Denzel's character would be good. 
And then he's he wasn't. It's the villain. So, I love that scene shock. where he's like talking to everyone at the end of the movie. And he, yeah. you know, he says some stuff I'm not going to say, but he goes, he's like doing all those arm motions talking about yeah. everyone's going to be in Pelican Bay. I'm like, oh, yeah. it's just classic Denzel. It's classic Denzel. Very good. Good movie. All right, John. We've reached the end of the road here. I'm going to end with a couple well, overall questions. No, you've forgotten a couple of things. Oh, quotes. No, Bechdel and diversity. So wow. it does pass the Bechdel test. Oh, thank God. Um, briefly, <laughs> when Catwoman is talking to her roommate. I mean, they're interacting with men, but it was mm-hmm. like the one moment I can think of is like when her roommate walks in to that room where Anne Hathaway's meeting with like, you know, um, yeah. the senators and like all, you know, those the, mm-hmm. the guy who's on the board too. Mm-hmm avoid enterprises and she like gives her like something and her you know this is a very brief exchange i know what you're talking wasn't about. about men that's kind of the that is very that weak in of. my opinion very Although, weak. Let's, think, let's think about the women here if we were to compare this to a marvel movie marvel mm-hmm. 2012 i was going to talk about this with you avengers comes out so this is the stage we're at in our mcu lineage i think i think dark knight rises has less of a female problem than marvel does and it has in its movies at this point in time yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Like for mm-hmm. some reason, the female characters feel a bit more grounded. There's Not a, that it's yeah. perfect by any means. There's because more of more... a presence. Yeah, there's more of a presence. That's a good yeah. way to put it. Say what you want, but Anne Hathaway's Catwoman is very lingering on the screen even when she's not there. She is. And say what you want, but who's the one who actually kills Bane at the end of the day? Catwoman. She comes mm-hmm. in on that bike. Oh, yeah. He shoots him. <laughs> she looks so good. She looked really good. She looked really good. Good for her. I have to say. All right. Diversity. We know the answer to this question. Not good. Not great. Morgan Freeman is probably our standout. Yes. The standout. There is also the cop who this gets shot right away. Yeah. Who gets shot right away. Um, I mean, there is something to be said that the only minority in this film happens. Daniel Sanjata is his name. Yes. Yeah. He plays Um, Captain Jones. That's right. I love that actor, by the way. I think Ugh. he's so hot. So hot. So oh my God. good looking. Oh, my God. So good looking. But um, there is something to be said that Morgan Freeman, our only, di- our only minority here, is the one leading Wayne Enterprises. Arguably, the genius on screen is mm-hmm. him, right? But it's not great. It, it's it's not very enough. 2012. Even though we should have been better in 2012. It's a little bit surprising for 2012, if we're honest. We could have seen a, you know, a Black actress play Catwoman. Yeah. We could have seen a person of color play Robin. It's very true. And even I mean, Alfred. look, we're finally. Yeah, even Alfred. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, Alfred needs to be this old bumbling <laughs> white guy who's always talking about some trip to some country and you some know, other life. Would it be, you know, in um, oh my God. New Girl, you know, the guy that Nick always hangs out with that you yes. love, the old Asian man? How amazing would that be? You're right. <laughs> what am I thinking? That would actually be amazing. But um, I mean, listen, 2021, we're finally going to get a black cat woman, Zoe Kravitz. So at least that's happening. Yeah. I mean, talk about being born for a role. My God, she did a good job. Wow. So we agree. Diversity could be better. The female Mm -hmm. stuff could be better. But given the time and its role in other superhero stuff, we'll take it. Exactly. Close enough. All right. Do you have any quotes for me? Because I have a couple for you. I wrote down the crowd chanting in the cave, Dashi Basara, Dashi Basara. That's how it was oh. spelled out. And Bruce goes, what does that mean? And the prisoner goes, rise. And you just kind of get chills in your body when that chills. happens. Um, and then just a lot of Bane quotes like, ah, yes, I was wondering what would break first, your spirit or your body. And he like yeah. cracks the bat. And that was like a scene oh. from the comic book, right? Yeah. And then, of course, you know, Bane saying that, oh, you think darkness is your ally, but you merely adopted the dark. And his voice is like, you just want to imitate it. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. And by then it was nothing to me but blinding. I know. And then my favorite scene to imitate that I do with Lex Mm -hmm. is where's the trigger? You know, Batman going, where is exactly. it? You would never give it you to an ordinary it. citizen. You always go up to me, where's the trigger? <laughs> I, every time I watch that scene, I can't help but laugh. It does feel like Bale's overacting just yeah. a tad, but it's how can so we good. blame him? It's so good. All right, my quotes for you. I love when Bane uh, tells our beloved Batman, peace has cost you your strength. Uh-huh. I think that's such a great concept. Like what Batman has been fighting for all these years, he finally yeah. achieved, but it did and come at a cost. Him. Yeah. 
I love the conversation between the blind prisoner and Bruce Wayne. The, the blind prisoner begins. He says, you do not fear death. You think this makes you strong. It makes you weak. Mm. Bruce says, why? And he responds, how can you move faster than possible, fight longer than possible without the most powerful impulse of the spirit, the fear of death? Ugh. Say what you will about my father, Ghalib, but I'm telling you, this man's not a poet, but he's basically told me the same thing at some point in my life. You know, the man's a genius. Yeah, the minute you speak Arabic fluently, you're kind of a poet. You really are. <laughs> you really are. You have a different way of understanding words and putting them together. You do. You really do. Mm -hmm. All right, let me end with this. Let's think about where this falls in the superhero pantheon. So again, this came out 2011, sorry, 2012. I think right after Avengers comes out and is a smashing success, it revolutionizes where Marvel's heading, et cetera. So when you think of this in the context of Avengers, when you think of it now, A, what was what was that the release of that movie like to you in 2012? How is this trilogy aged now? And to end, do you think this would be the movie of the decade? How, so the first question is, how is this aged, right? In terms of well, really, world? how do you compare this to Avengers and kind of the sensation around it? I mean, back in the day, I was obsessed with it. I probably haven't watched this in a couple of years now. Yeah, and it's because you know Marvel's Marvel keeps coming out with contact and content, and my brain is just trying to wrap all of that, you know, any of that like that's coming out. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just kind of put this in the back of my mind. I think I turn to the Dark Knight more frequently over the past couple of years than I do the Dark mm -hmm. Knight Rises, even though it was flipped for me in college. Mm -hmm. But that's just because you know people don't forget the Dark Knight. It's even true. with Marvel, it's more it's like I, I I'm reminded of it more frequently on social media versus the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I, I will say, though, that um, I think you're right for sure. This movie's aged better than Avengers of Avengers mm -hmm. is our reference point. But I distinctly remember that summer a being a turning point for me in terms of like, OK, I really love going to the movies now. The mm -hmm. movies themselves are just like such a, it fun was a good summer. Yeah, yeah. But be thinking like there was a change in the air about superhero movies. It was the summer of the superhero renaissance, if you ask yeah. me. Like there was a burden. All the big here. blockbusters. I remember seeing an article. Um, I think you might have it. It might have been Vanity Fair and they were ranking okay. the movies of the year. Mm. And I think Avengers was number one. And I remember seeing it and like Dark Knight Rises was further down on the list. And in my mind, I was like, what? The Dark Knight yeah. Rises was so much better. Why isn't it number one? That's what I thought back then. Yeah. And honestly, you think it now by the sounds of it. This is better than the first Avengers for sure. I would say I like them maybe just as much. I don't know. Okay. Maybe okay. this edges it out just a little bit. Yeah. All right. Is this the movie of the decade? No. We're in the 2010s. Okay. So it's not competing with The Dark Knight. It's not. Is it the superhero movie of the decade? What else came out? I mean, wise. literally every Marvel movie you've ever seen. Black so then Panther. no. No. Okay. <laughs> so then no. So, so then, then no. no. There is something to be said that this was arguably, again, it's not attached to the DCEU. Yeah. But the the most successful comic book movies to this date are still the normal yeah. movies. And oh, absolutely. 11 years. We're, we're nine years removed. There's something to be said about that. I mean, they really do withstand the, the test of time. Now I'm wondering, are these the best superhero movies ever? <laughs> you see how we always, folks, we always end at such a different point than we started because we evolved during the We episode. evolved. This, this whole podcast is about a journey. It's true. I'm on this journey until I get sent home crying. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't, it's maybe not they... the movie of the decade. Yeah. But there is a debate. Are they the best for... superhero movies ever? Yes. There's a in debate terms... that this is the best superhero movie of the decade in terms of concluding a wonderful trilogy and setting a standard. Well, now I'm thinking in about the, the trilogy as a whole. Do they hold more depth than the Marvel movies ever could? And I'm trying to think of a movie that's going to come to mind of one that might hold as much depth, and I can't. Black Panther. Black in Panther terms of what it would meant. probably be the, the go to one. Or even Infinity War in terms of what they mean. Yeah, maybe maybe just those two are the ones that you can compare. Or and then honestly, maybe Black Panther edges it out a little bit. Yeah, I still think Captain America Winter Soldier ages better and better by the day. And that story is very long lasting. And that was also a turn for Marvel as well. Like, mm -hmm. look, we can also do this. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's a really interesting question. I'm debating it myself now. 
there's something to be said again. I keep using this phrase. There's something to be said, but about something to be said, I'm like, filmmaker. who the hell do you think you are? <laughs> You're going to get sent home the next episode. Exactly. I don't know. Nolan as a filmmaker, like these movies have so much going for them. It's hard to yeah. not look at them and say, yeah, they define the decade a lot better than some Marvel movies. But again, what was the juggernaut to come out of the 2010s? It wasn't, it wasn't the DCEU. Mm-mm. It wasn't Nolan's Dark Knight Rises. It was Marvel. Mm-mm. Everything is different now because of the MCU. Like literally the way movies are made, everything is different. So it's probably not the movie of the decade, but it has yeah. some, it has some cachet. Well, Jen, you've done it. You've, We've done it. We did it. You gave your thoughts. You gave your feelings and you didn't hold anything I came prepared. Back. No, you really did. <laughs> because this is my journey and I choose That's it. True. <laughs> It's true. All right. Save that for your bachelor audition. <laughs> well, on that note, folks, thank you so Anyways, much. For thank you so much. <laughs> Always a pleasure. All right. Talk to you guys next week. 